Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Um, we want to uh, really thank the people at Anchor and encourage you if you are starting your own podcast or currently using uh, another platform in your podcast to uh, try Anchor. Anchor is a terrific platform. We're very, very pleased with their performance and their technology as well as uh, their support. So uh, give it a try. Anchor is a great, great uh, technology and platform, and we're pleased that uh, they are uh, one of our great uh, partners at Blood Time. Thanks for listening, and uh, continue to support us as we will support you with great stories. Thank you. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. I want to thank Serve Pro of Beechwood, our newest sponsor, and Jack Coslin, the owner. They serve all of Northeast Ohio, not just Beechwood. They specialize in disaster cleanup that leaves your home or office like new, like it never happened. Flood and water damage, fire, mold, and they say even blood and guts. Not just any Serve Pro. Seek out Serve Pro of Beechwood. That's Serve Pro Beechwood, Shaker Heights, Cleveland Heights.com, 216 416- Four six four 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 nine eight. Operated by a former All-State wrestler from Beechwood, we love Serve Pro of Beechwood. Hey guys, it's Coach Cimarroni here. Blood time. I want to thank my last guest, Johnny Papish, the uh, young new blood head coach over at Aurora High School, and the phenomenal things he's doing there. More importantly, the lessons uh, that he's teaching his kids as men. And as people, I'm just so uh, impressed by that, uh, particularly for his age. I don't want to be condescending, but uh, a lot of times it uh, takes a while to get that wisdom. But he's got good mentors, uh, and he is passing along those wonderful lessons that uh, I hope we get in every level of coaching, from youth, middle school, high school, intercollegiate, particularly at the Division I level. I want to see more coaches at the Division I level having fun teaching these great lessons and and sending wonderful human beings out into the world speaking of wonderful human beings my next guest embodies that uh, a young man i had the opportunity to coach for two of his four years in high school and uh, left in good hands the wonderful scott peters to be the uh, head coach for his last two years chad silverstein welcome chad Thank you. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. it's uh, I've been wanting to get you on this show for a while, <laughs> and I'm so glad you're here. And Chad, you embody exactly what blood time is. I think you personified by what you're doing in the real world. But I'm going to start asking you, tell me a little bit about what uh, what wrestling meant to you, and particularly what, what a guy like Scott Peters meant to you. Sure. So wrestling pretty much defined me from you know middle school through high school i mean nothing really else mattered it was just trying to become a state champ that was it right. it was uh, a very single 
focused, laser focused goal. Scott built it into us from the first day he started coaching us and as to why he got the group of guys that we were wrestling together with uh, as far as why, why we were doing it. It was to become a state champ. He would come in and say, how do you feel? And we had to answer. They had to feel like a state champ even if you didn't feel like one. Right. So it was uh, it was that kind of that mindset that he built into all of us from the get-go. And he had raw material because none of us had ever – most of us didn't wrestle before. And so he got a clean slate, and he built it into us. And uh, so as far as what it meant to be, it meant everything. It was, it, was, it was definitely how I defined myself as a wrestler. And at the time, I think people thought I was a little crazy for things that I was doing. And I probably look back and maybe I was a little crazy. I mean, the things we were doing to lose weight, the things we would do as uh, the camaraderie was built with, with all the guys. So it was awesome. Uh, so, I mean, it had, just had a huge impact, and Scott was, and still is, 32 years later, um, just a major influence on my life and from an athletic perspective, for sure, but more, more, much more than that, more, more on that stage of life uh, from just who I am yep. as a father, as a, as, as a leader, and just everything that kind of encompasses that. That's fantastic. And, you know, he's, uh, I've had uh, three of your um, teammates on uh, prior to Brian Zai, Jason Thomas, and Scott Zafinovitz. And I know that he had an, a tremendous effect on all three of those individuals. Brian said he was all in. As soon as he met Scott, he was all in. So, uh, and, and Brian was your, basically the yin to your yang, you both making the state finals your senior year uh, and taking uh, the team to fourth in the state. Uh, that was uh, that was quite a run. We had, you know, again, uh, we, neither one of us had wrestled before, and right, you know, we just created something that's so, so special that you just can't take away. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't talk to everyone as much as I used to. So I'm not sure. talk to anymore. But if I saw him today, you know, right. we'd hug it out, and it'd be just like yesterday. And so you just you have something that kind of stays with you forever. And Scott definitely was the one who ignited that, and sure. taught us, you know, what how important that was that bond that you're doing it together that you. You might be on your on your own on the mat, but yep. but no one can do it by themselves. Well, you know, and it's interesting too because um, you know he uh, uh, Brian said the same thing. You know, so it's really interesting to hear that that reverberate thirty two years later and all through the years. So it really definitely is something that I think becomes part of the DNA. And I've he- heard that from other guys too that I've that I've interviewed that the coach becomes part of my DNA. Sometimes I don't even think about him. He's just who I am. And then, of course, you refine that and bring it to your own level of, of evolution as well. Yeah, interestingly enough, with my situation, Scott and I talk every week. We, we, we learn together every Friday and nice. we don't miss. And so, like, my bond with some of the teammates may have kind of – um, changed and the relationship changed over time. And yeah, we can see each other with best buds, but with Scott, that relationship from the coaching perspective, that actually didn't change. It's actually gotten stronger. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And uh, me too. I get the opportunity to meet with him once a month. We used to do it once a week for many years. And I just met with him and we had a chance to chat about, you know, coaching and uh, he's seeing some type of actually evolution in the coaching ranks, particularly the D one level to have more fun, have more joy and just to teach more foundational things as opposed to just becoming, you know, ass kicking wrestlers. And I love to see that because that's what I'm all about. I'd rather see a great human being graduate than a state champ. Now I want state champs too, of course, but I want great human beings. And so uh, I love to see that, that vein happening now, even at the highest levels. 
Yeah, it's good. I, I love that. I, you know, it's funny. You know, not not winning a state championship, beating the kid the week before. It was it was such a huge blow for me. You know, sure. Just such a. I just you know you train we train for six years for one match. We get there, we lose, right? So right. And I ironically, I did exactly what Scott did, which was yep. that kid the week before. But I I didn't realize as I as I moved on and I went to Ohio State what I was actually leaving with, and that that mental toughness that Scott built into us that discipline the positive mental attitude just all all that stuff that was wrapped up in the coaching you know wrestler mentality sure and i didn't realize that like when the next expression of whatever it is that i fell in love with would kind of show its face sure what i was what i'd be armed with and what he gave me as a gift right and i didn't realize it but then as i started progressing through life and coming across opportunities I I started to see it. I started to see that competitive edge. I started to see that mindset and how it helped me. And and it was just really cool to look back and, you know, 30 years ago and just see how how that platform that he kind of built in from from a wrestling perspective and a life perspective and how how I used it, you know, and just how powerful it was. Yes. And, you know, um, there was a powerful conversation that I had with you with Scott that transformed me also and evolved me, too, is I remember that one one day you came to us and you said, you know, I'm not digging this sport anymore done yeah I remember yeah that. you were done and I and I and I know I said to you and I remember it intimately and Scott echoed it you're not allowed to quit yeah and um and and you allowed me that opportunity to evolve as a coach but also as a man to say if you quit today you're gonna quit everything and yeah and I, and I remember the conversation I remember you know the, the question was why and I yep. said I hated losing weight I, I, I was miserable right and and you guys dug in and then it, we, we resolved it by saying then don't lose weight just, yeah. just don't yeah. do it. Have fun. Yeah. And, and I remember that, that did change everything for me. <laughs> you know, and you changed it for me too. You evolved me at that point because at that moment I said, I've got to get better as a coach. I've got to, I've got to get this kid who's just fantastic. I can't allow him to, to leave our, our family. And so saying that, that's where the teacher and the student mix, <laughs> you know? So the for student sure. becomes the teacher and then the teacher becomes the student. And so thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you. That was, that was a big transition point for sure. It was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And so saying all those things, Chad, tell me a little bit about how you matriculated through college and then, you know, you found your way into the business world and some of those lessons. And what do you, what, you know, obviously you, you created a, a successful company, but now you're doing some things that are even more evolved and, and you've got a new company. So tell me a little bit about that, that process and that journey. Sure. So I uh, I went to Ohio State and uh, actually my team yeah, I was going to come and do a gig with you. I remember we had right. something that we were going to do in the summer, yeah. and I ended up um, getting actually a, a job with someone who owned a collection agency. Nice. And so I, I was going to be throwing on the phones and just kind of get something done for the summer so I can go back to Ohio State my senior year with some cash in my pocket. Sure. And uh, the last week before I left um, that job, um, the owner uh-huh. who was like became my next mentor, Norm Schaffron. He owned right. uh, this company called FFCC. He gave me an opportunity to come back to Columbus and start something with them. And it's funny, I think back of why did I get that opportunity. The yeah. first day I walked into his office, everyone was making phone calls and my job was to get on the calls. And I found out who was making the most calls and I just said, I'm going to make more calls than them. <laughs> what a wrestler's mentality. Right. So I love I it. Did. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, he came in and started um, 
know, obviously he raised some eyebrows and he, he took notice and then he let me start the company in Columbus. I came back and I would go to class from 8.30, 9.30, I'd come back, put on a suit yeah. and I would walk into doctor's offices, knock on doors and right. just sell. I love it. And about six months in, I had about a hundred clients and that was it. It just took off. You and are a pipe. You're, you're lazy, man. What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. I love it. Competitive. It was like, you know, it was a mindset. It was, you know, can you win every time you got a chance to like sell it? You know, you, you just get someone smiling and sure. it was, it was tough. And I wanted, it's funny. I remember the feeling of wanting to impress Norm. Yeah. Just like I want to impress Scott, right? I guess right. just the whole feeling of like, you know, you look up to someone sure. and you want to work your tail off for them. And there's huge benefits when you do that for people. And so I, I got an opportunity and we started the company in Columbus and it just took off. And here we are 22 years later. And I just recently transitioned into a new leader. It got to a point where I was a little in above over my head as an operator. So I, I found someone who could, uh, who could step in and help me. Okay. And then I started another company. So I'm just having fun kind of doing different things. The other company I started helps people get jobs. Nice. And it helps employers who are desperately looking for new people, um, connecting those, those uh, uh, job seekers to people who are looking for new employees. And I've always struggled trying to find great employees. So I know how hard it is from an employer's perspective. Sure. And I've interviewed thousands of people and I know how hard it is for people to get a job. So I've just right. kind of, I created a platform and it's free for people. Wow. And I just like to, I like to get back. So we do a lot of leadership training and a lot of um, opportunities for people to grow. That is fantastic. So what's the name of the company? So my collection agency is called Choice Recovery. And Choice. A company okay. that helps people get uh, jobs is called Restart. Nice. Restart. I love that. So it's a yeah. reset, a restart. Let's rock and roll. You know, we got to do that in the wrestling season too. Sometimes you got to give a kid a day off or a team a day off and say, let's just, let's just chill, man. Let's just For restart, sure. you know, yeah. and come back with a renewed sense of uh, purpose, a renewed sense of uh, vigor, right? You know, you know, it's unbelievable because I um, just trying to grow leaders within my organization. I've always, I've always taken wrestling and put it right in my business. I mean, we sure. do, we do March Madness. It's the biggest time of the year for us because tax time. Yeah. We put wrestling brackets up on the wall. Love it. And I let all the collectors, it's the only time of the year we let them compete because we have a real big time TV environment. But like, we let them go up against each other one by one. We put okay. every collector on a line on the brackets. And we use March Madness because everyone's a big basketball fan, but we put the wrestling brackets up. So I incorporated through that. And you should see what happens in my office with people on these brackets. It's, it's as if you're looking at the state tournament and all the parents are looking at the brackets. The wrestlers are looking at the brackets. I've got all my employees looking on the brackets and they love it. And we give huge incentives. Right. So I've built, I've built the sport like into, <laughs> into a collection agency. And it's I love hilarious. It. Yeah, it's so cool. I was just going to say, people get beat down. You know, people yeah. were looking for a job when you made that comment about, you know, the second chance. And even mm -hmm. my story when I came to you and Scott was that mm -hmm. people get so defeated looking for a job. Like, yes. it's such a broken system. Like, they, they, right. they start putting things on their uh, engine and, and LinkedIn and career builder and they don't get responses and they're used as pawns by a lot of headhunters and sure. it's it's defeating and when we build into these people and we see that second life come up and we get these love letters sent to us from people who, who just you're there for them right yep. and they just can appreciate it yep. oh my god it's incredible how transformation, how transformation well that's your currency right that's your currency there you for know sure. uh, and for it's sure. interesting too because we hear that you know like I interviewed Matter of fact, the one the the episode that was just released, Jake Goodwin, my assistant coach, terrific young man. What a he is giving me hope for the generations in the future. He um, you know, he had second chance he had a second chance at Notre Dame College and became an All American. 
uh, wrestled for Drexel, Drexel, just didn't fit. You know, was a bad fit. He kind of beaten down, didn't like the sport. Came back, reset, talked to a buddy, went and saw Frank Romano and Anthony Ralph and rocked and rolled, man. You know, so you just need a, be- you know, a different perspective, somebody to give you a different different look at life. And that's what you're doing, right, Chad? Yeah, you know, it's so funny you say that because, you know, your whole show about the coach and the, and the wrestler, like, I, I, my experience in high school with you guys uh-huh. was so was so transformational. And the year I got recruited to go to Ohio State, they yeah. had gotten three high school national champions that year. Wow. So everybody else really didn't matter, right? Because right. they were point, they went all in with these guys. They sure. took scholarships away to give them to these guys. Yep. And I had such a miserable experience my first year. Yeah. And I remember... I went and I talked to the coaches. Yeah, yeah. And they and they didn't they didn't give me what I needed at that time. They didn't meet me where I was. And I gotta tell you, it changed everything. And I didn't wrestle after my first year. I went and coached at Dublin Kaufman and sure. tried to give those kids the same experience that I had gotten to give that gift back. Yep. And I don't know what would happen if I would have had someone pull me under their wing at Ohio State. I don't I don't know. I just know that my heart was not it and I and I felt like I was in it by myself. And it, yeah. it makes a big difference when you have someone who's there for you. Well, you know, and there, here's the thing too, right? So we hear, we hear the DNA, right? So when I, my first interview was with uh, Sonny Marchetti and Mark Haywald, and they're the, now the head coaches at John Carroll University and uh, Notre Dame College, respectively, younger guys. And they talked about, Mark Haywald talked about Tony DiGiovanni from Solon. He says, I don't even think about Tony. He's part of my DNA, but he is, Mark refined that into Mark Haywald's version of Tony DiGiovanni. Right. And somebody's going to get Mark Haywald in his, their DNA. That's what you did at Dublin Coughlin, and that's what you're doing with your with your team, both at Choice and now at Restart. Is that you've got the Dominic Imarinos and the Peter Cimarronis and the uh, Scott Peters, and you've refined it and made it better and taken that to the world. And that's the beauty of what I see, and that's why I'm doing this doggone podcast. Is that we got to get those messages out there chad and i'm so excited to hear that you're doing that so well in the in the business world with that restart program that just makes me so happy yeah i'll tell you what like i <clears throat> that platform that you you get from that coach uh-huh. you know that experience like i have pursued coaches from the leadership perspective my entire career and okay. i have found the elite of the elite i, I i've tried them all I, I started off in the dale carcany organization getting coached by those guys sure i'm now with a company called built to lead i go to a company called strategic coach and i'm finding the best of the best and i am getting mentored and i don't care how much you know i yeah. think i may know i i get my mind cracked wide open every single day with okay. blind spots that have been hiding within deep inside my brain or within my my will to get something done and to keep learning and i tell you the one thing i've learned about all the mentors and coaches and everything the one thing that's been a very common denominator and i see it now at ohio state with tom ryan because yep. he's got the same leadership program that we're using at my company and nice. they care that yeah. heart is so big they want they want to connect with these kids so badly they want to see them grow so much yeah and when you've got a coach and you've got a mentor who's willing to do that for you that's you can't you can't you can't fake that it's right. a, it's an authentic desire to want to build into someone else selfishly and and then when you have that boy you got gold i mean when you can find a way to connect to kids or connect to leaders or do whatever to build into them and if you don't have that it's so obvious and so it's like i always tell people if you have a bad coach get out you know like you yeah. know not maybe in the sport of wrestling but in, yeah. in business if you don't have a good mentor there's no point in wasting your time 
Right. Well, yeah, it's so counterproductive. Yeah. You know, and and I like the platinum rule too: do unto others as they wish to be done unto. So sure. you know, you're listening sure. to people. You're listening to people. You're listening. You're opening your heart and your mind. And you know that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing, Chad. And you know, um, just prior again, prior to this conversation, I had a, a beautiful chat with with Scott, and we talked about. Uh, I had met the rabbi. We talked about how you learn with Scott. I, I met the rabbi from the Pittsburgh massacre. And uh, I was at a uh, event a couple weeks ago for Values in Action. It's an anti-bullying uh, project, Love, and he was one of the speakers and honorees for the uh, his 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 award was Rescue of Humanity. And you know, Scott talked to me about forgiveness, moving on. You know, and uh, I learned something every time I talked to Scott. And I ask him, teach me something that I don't know. Chad, when you are talking about these things that you're being taught stuff that you didn't know. How do you take that and then spread the word, spread the gospel, spread the Torah, if you will? So I am a believer that you have to model the way. So I don't teach anyone anything that I'm not doing myself. And so if I feel confident that I'm talking about something at work or something in regards to leadership or something I do with when I consult and I'm teaching teams or other CEOs, anything in regards to something that can improve themselves or their business, I'm sharing an experience that I'm either doing or I've done. And I don't have the nerve to tell people to what they should be doing. So sure. for me, it's, it's, it's about constant learning, never stop learning, apply it, learn and apply, learn and apply, dream and do. And I don't do one without the other. So I'm not going to learn for the sake of learning to, 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 to have an intellectual understanding of something. I'm going to learn it so I can apply it. And I dream big, man. I have such big dreams. Like I, yeah. I'm going after a huge magnum opus right now in my life and I'm, and I'm doing it. So I'm taking steps every day. So I think for me, it's more about, that work ethic and that drive to actually do something. I am surrounded by people who talk a good game, but when it comes to rolling up their sleeves, they don't do it. And look, I go back to in high school, man, when Scott would put us on the track. Sure. And we had to run more sprints and you had you had to push through when yep. you didn't feel like it. And right. you know, for me I just I, I'm willing to do what a lot of other people are not willing to do. And I'm, I'm up earlier than other people. I'll work harder than other people. And I'll just, I don't stop when I have my mind put on something. And again, I, I just took that from wrestling, right? Like sure. that was the gift I left high school with was that when something would show its face that I loved an expression of something, I knew I could go after it. And I had kind yeah. of a, a, a strategy for how to do it, which is outwork, sure. you know, and, and have that discipline. And so that's what I do. I, I think the answer to your question would be that I'm, I'm a doer. I'll, I'll get, I roll my, my sleeves up and I practice that stuff. And then I'll, I'll kind of spread it by giving that gift to others that, that are willing to do the hard work. And I, and I share my experience of how it's helped me and then challenge them to do it in, you know, in, in their own way and their, in their expression with the best version of themselves. Uh, you know, I love that. And, Chad, I had the opportunity to to uh, interview George D. Camillo, two-time state champ from uh, St. Ignatius and a national finalist uh, from Virgi- Virginia and also, you know, a young man from Cleveland area. And his whole thought process was during his, uh, particularly his college career, was to make himself uncomfortable, Put him, putting himself in uncomfortable positions and figuring it out. And the greatest, the greatest uh, compliment that I have ever gotten as a, as a father, but for sh- for sure as a coach, is the ability for my wrestlers or my children to figure things out and to do things as a self-parent or a self-coach. Does that make any sense to you in regards to how you're doing business? 
Yeah, like, well, you know, I, I, I have two models that I live by and I, that have been built into me by someone who I work with now. And that is why I have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I'm always yeah. uncomfortable because I'm always trying to grow. And yeah. I'm always trying to stretch myself. So I'm always putting myself in uncomfortable positions. And you have to get comfortable with that because if you're not, you're not going to try to, you're not going to grow. Right. So for me, being comfortable, being uncomfortable is a place that I'm very comfortable being in. And mm-hmm. as hard as that is, I, I still walk into it. And the other thing is that, is that the it's bubbling up acute pain, right? So like if you have a situation that you want to get out of or something kind of that's stagnant, you know, I, I run into that. I don't, I'm not going to run away from it. I, you know, a hard conversation for me, conflict, it's a conversation to be had. So I walk right into those and it always is for the best. It's always to get rid of chronic pain. Sure. And for me in business alone, I have so much chronic pain around me and I have yeah. to own every single piece of it. So the only way to own it is to walk into it and be uncomfortable, bubble it up, right. deal with it. Yeah. deal with it and then you know you hopefully just like you have chronic back pain how do they do it they put you in rehab right you go through some acute pain to get out of it and if you if you don't choose that acute pain if you don't choose to be uncomfortable and if you're not seeking it out well then you better get used to being uncomfortable with chronic pain for a long time because there's no band-aid that's going to work and get rid of that stuff right so right. so yeah i i literally i have that everywhere and it, it makes life harder i'm not gonna lie but no i know life- for sure yeah the road less traveled right is always bumpy 100%, <laughs> you know 100%, you know no, or it's no. got hills and vales you know so sure. tell me a fun story some somebody that's just inspiring that you were able to restart you know a man or a woman that just really hit you right between the eyes and the heart in regards to uh uh you know a, a progression of that that whole philosophy of of helping yeah. Um, well, I think from a leadership perspective, I have uh, been very blessed to have an incredible team that all started off entry level like I did in the business. And wow. I've had a front row seat watching them grow. And sure. there's been a lot of women and yeah. a lot of women who come into my, into my, uh, on my team and my culture and, you know, sometimes out of college and sometimes young professionals. And to watch the transformation uh-huh. has been absolutely amazing to the point where, it's almost like a little intimidating. Like they're, yeah. they're so strong. They've been built so, so good that they like literally like, you know, you kind of like get out of their way. Mm-hmm. And one gal who is uh, soon leaving my company, she's been with me a very long time, but she's going to go work with her husband. Her name's Keisha. I remember her coming to me and she was dealing with a tough relationship where she yeah. had someone in the office who she did not care for. Okay. And long story short, she was willing to walk into a really, really painful, acutely painful, hard conversation. And I watched her from A to Z transform a toxic relationship uh-huh. into a friendship that was like unbreakable at the time. Wow. Just because she was willing to go in, have that hard conversation. And she literally, the, the power of that, right? The power yeah. of transforming not yeah. only your relationship, but then having other people see that and then seeing that spread and be contagious. And I get I get a front row seat of watching leaders in my office all the time do things like that, from authoring and where they want to go in their career to yeah. transforming relationships and overcoming personal struggles and challenges. And it is just awesome. I mean, it's so inspirational that it, it lights me up to go do more for me for myself. I love that. I love that. And you know, um, I also want to ask you, uh, and and you know, if you feel um, positive about answering this, I, I hope you do because it is the light that so many uh, reach for is that you're learning now with, with Scott and with, with others. Um, what transformed you through that and what, what made you make that decision to learn on this level? 
Man, what a crazy journey that talk about the road less traveled. Right? Sure. When my kids were born, <clears throat> I had no connection to my faith. Okay. And watching that process of human life coming about, I something happened inside me. Like okay. just complete flip and I just started believing in God. Yeah. And I was talking to Scott and I said, Scott, you know, I'm really scared because I I don't have any knowledge whatsoever of what Jewish people even believe. Sure. Let alone how am I gonna teach my kids if they ask me questions? Yeah. And he said, do you want to start learning? And I didn't even know what that meant, but I'm like, sure. So we started that relationship over the phone. We call it a Harusa, which is like a learning partner. And we we learned about character building, traits, parenting, leadership, you name it. And it all infused with spirituality. And I was definitely searching, right? I didn't know what I believed at the time. And I was doing this personal professional development track. And one thing led to another, one baby step after another. Next thing I look back and I'm wearing a yarmulke on my head. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) And I'm I'm in Israel, right? I'm in Israel and I'm literally getting exposed to things that I never would have ever been open to, ever. And I think having that open mind and being able to kind of break through um, some of the biases that I had built into me when I was a little kid and the stereotypes of, for example, rabbis. Yeah. um, Yeah. Well, I talked to a couple and they were like the nicest, most humble, sweetest guys I've ever met in my life. Right. And and pretty smart too, right? (laughs) Oh man, so smart and so humble and so sweet. And and you know what? They had answers for me that actually made sense. Sure. And when I started like integrating that into my leadership. Yeah, I could not believe how much similarities there were for me and how it fit the principles I was trying to live by sure. and the worldview beliefs that I had deep inside me. And they just got strengthened and strengthened and strengthened so that, you know, like one of the things I do for people in my office, we, we give them a leadership platform to, to learn who you are and okay. what principles you want to live by. And I've been working really, really hard and I, and I have never stopped kind of making sure that I'm, I'm living the kind of life I want to live by knowing who I am and how I want to live. And yeah. I tell you, world that's traveled, sometimes I'm on an island all by myself. And sometimes as a leader, that's where you find yourself. And you got to get comfortable with that because leading anything's hard, especially when you put yourself out there and you're starting to pursue something that's not so, so, uh, so popular. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting too, because my father used to say to me, I'm not a father for a popularity contest. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your father. And I have to make those tough decisions, but the buck stops here. Just like, you know, Truman said back in the day, and it does. You know, and sometimes that is very lonely, but it's also very, very important. It's also very freeing. Right. I mean, I'll tell you, my, the one experience I had when I came back from Israel, because I never saw myself ever wearing a yarmulke, ever. Yep. And when I came back, my, my, my leadership practice, like a sports team in my office. So we sure. take time off the phones, we go into a, a, like a locker room setting, and we practice with a leadership coach. And my team knows me. They know me. I'm very transparent. I wear my heart on my sleeve. They know who I am. And I remember the fear and insecurity I had coming back to, to Columbus. Uh-huh. And I remember I walked in my office, yes. and this was a huge moment of truth for me. And the first person that walked up to me, you know what they said to me? They said, they looked at me and they go, it's about time. <laughs> yeah, I that is brilliant. Like, that was so eye-opening, right? Because I had so yeah. many insecurities running through me. I had so much fear. And sure. it's never as bad, I, you know, we catastrophize things in our head, but it's never yeah. as bad as we think it is. And then, look, other people, it was. And yeah. I just had to stand yeah. strong and, and, and just be myself and be okay with that. And sure. I kind of live by model. Like, I, I do care what other people think, but I don't care that much. Right? So, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. And that's why this call to arms, we are blood. We're all blood. We're all the right. same blood, you know? And, and so just love, man. Just open up your heart and your mind. And I'm sitting here to my left. 
and I have Mav Peters and he's wearing a yarmulke. Yeah. And I'm sitting here to my right and Kevin Conwell is my African-American brother, right? And he's wearing a hoodie, man. <laughs> he's wearing a hoodie. And I couldn't be more proud to be sitting in between these two beautiful roses. I'm the thorn, man. <laughs> and talking to you too, you know? So, and you know, and the beauty also too is the chills I get. And the stories, uh, Chad, you're just an amazing dude, man. That's all I can say. You're just an Thanks, amazing man. dude. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. And I'm so glad that, you know, you you did come on this show today and and spread this word, spread this gospel, spread this Torah, spread this this love. Um, I, I want you to know that uh, I am just honored to have had a short period of time in in your life, and and more importantly, what you've done with it. Uh, you clearly have taught me. And, uh, well, I appreciate that, Pete. And you have done the same. I sent you a little clip before we started talking today right. about a, a high school match. And I, yep. I, I, I that has been burned in my memory, the, the happiness that you had for me on that day. Yep, Pete, yep. That's always stayed with me. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm tearing up just a little bit right now because <laughs> I know that I always felt when my dudes did it, because I never was able to do it, man. Oh man, I, I had such joy, such joy. So, so, so yeah, I, I and you know that that was real. There, <laughs> that's for sure. And that was a beautiful, beautiful time in my life. And so happy that you made the show. That even though you know you had a little disappointment down there, but the next year you came back and you did it. And the year after that you did it, and you're doing it now. And so, I just want to um, kind of wrap this up, Chad. If you could leave us with one or two or three nuggets uh, that we could take to the universe, man and just and spread it please do don't be realistic shoot big you know dream big and when uh when you're doubting yourself have, have faith right that you can make things happen more than you probably think you can sure. and and to be to be unrealistic I, I i'm a big believer in dreaming big and i would also say that with that expect to be hit hard <laughs> because if you're going after something big, it's, it's going to hurt. And you have to be able to have a strong core to be able to fight through and weather the storms when they come. And the time to build your core and to get strong is now, not when the storm comes, right? So, sure. so get busy building, learning, applying, so that when that storm comes, you can run through it and keep pursuing your big dream. Oh, God, I love that. I love that. Well, I could speak to you for hours, but I'm sure people won't listen. <laughs> maybe they will. Maybe they will. But typically it's... This is about the time that we have to say goodbye, and I, I don't okay. want to, but uh, let's not be that far apart in conversations, Chad. I'm going to say to you just personally on this, please, let's do this more often, just off off the air. Sounds good, Pete. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, love to you and your family. Love to your company. Spread the love. Kick ass down to Columbus, bro. Thanks, brother. I'll talk to you soon. I want to share my thought of the day with you. When making a decision, be prudent, pragmatic, and then bold.